good. It's fun having everybody here at 5 o'clock. It's a good time. Well, I am excited to be up here and continue, like Jared said, this series we've been doing called Growing Up uh, as a church that we would come together and spend an entire season together looking at how we can take the steps that we need and put into practice the things in our life that we need to grow into the life that God has called each and every one of us to live. And so, uh, like Jared said, if you did not uh, grab this last week, our Growing Up Journal, make sure you get that on your way out tonight. Uh, It's an incredible tool that uh, many of our team and volunteers have created to help us really do this on a daily basis, not just one day a week here at church but seven days a week on our own time. And so tonight we're talking about training versus trying. And it's one of those things that, you know, obviously marathoners have a very clear understanding of what that means. And it was so fun to be out there and to cheer them on. And, you know, our church is about halfway in that course. And so everybody still looked pretty good, right? So we were able to cheer them on and keep going. And and then many of you may have gone down to the finish line down at, you know, Millennium Park. and, And you see people cross that finish line. You see people accomplish this goal that they've, maybe dreamed about for years and worked for and trained for and and really put effort and time into for months all comes down to this moment. And we cheer and we scream. And part of us, if you're like me, part of your heart might go, I wonder if I could do that. Nah, right? (laughs) Don't let that thought sit for too long. Well, I had a friend of mine uh, named Justin. And when he was in college, he went to college in San Diego, California. And uh, when he was in college, a good buddy of his signed up to run the rock and roll marathon that they have in San Diego every year. And about four weeks before the time that the race was happening, his buddy got injured. And so my friend Justin decided, hey, why don't I buy your bib off you and I'll give it a shot. Now, the thing you need to know about Justin is that he's the most stubborn person I know. And I mean that in all the best ways. And he's scared of nothing. And so literally four weeks before, he's like, yeah, I'll, let me buy your marathon and I'll, you know, I'll go up and I'll, I'll try it out. And again, this is a marathon in San Diego in June. Like, so I mean, it's hot. Like, I'm like, what are you going to do, Justin? And he's like, oh, I'm just going to give it a shot. So sure, sure enough, there he is, starting line, headband and all. He's ready to go. And he starts running. And about halfway through, he has this thought, I'm sure, this is harder than I thought, right? But remember, Justin's stubborn, and so he just keeps going. He keeps trying, and he crosses the finish line, and he finishes the marathon. Unfortunately, he had to go to the hospital to get rehydrated, and then wasn't able to leave his house for the next week because his muscles just, like, tightened up like crazy. And so that was Justin's marathon experience, right? But he finished, And he tried really hard, and he crossed the finish line. And last year, I know you can't tell, but last year, I actually ran the Chicago Marathon. Um, And uh, I had a very different experience. I actually used Justin's story to motivate me to keep at the training that World Vision sets out for us to do for months, for like four and a half months. We started in like late April, and I'm like... Okay, run to the end of the block, run back, yes, you know, small wins, right? And, uh, and over time, it builds up and, and get to the point where I'm running further than I've ever ran before in my life, and I can't believe I'm doing this, and finally race day comes, and I finish the marathon, and I cross that finish line, and thank you, um, and I remember thinking, though, I remember thinking, man, Justin and I both accomplished the same thing, like we both crossed the finish line. We both finished a marathon. Both of our bucket lists got one not shorter, right? But our experience was so radically different because Justin, you know, it was kind of a funny story, but Justin had four weeks and he tried real hard. And instead I decided for four months 
to train. And, and there's this, you know, this, this battle in my head, you know, when I'm running these things and I'm having to get up in the morning, I'm like, I don't want to, there's a lot of better things I'd rather be doing on Saturday morning than running, you know, a certain number of miles. You know, most of that is sleep. I would much rather sleep than run. Eat is a close second uh, rather than run. And, and, and Justin got all his weekends. And I'm sure there was lots of times when he went out Friday night and rather than going to bed early because he had an early run the next morning, he could hang out and do whatever he wanted to do. And so there's a lot of ways that him showing up and trying real hard actually seemed better than my training regimen. But for those of you that ran with World Vision today or any team, you've ever done something incredible like that, you never thought you could do, whether it was in business or in your family or something physical, you know that there's training that goes into it and that's what you need to be able to rely on in the middle of that moment. When, when you don't think that you can go on, I love what Damani said. I mean, she was preaching before I even got up here, right? That, you know, it's, it's courage to start, but faith to finish. When you run out of faith in yourself, you can rely on that training. When it gets harder than you expected, you can rely on that training. And, and the thing that's so interesting is that we all know that our bodies take time and effort to train to do something incredible like that. But when it comes to our soul, oftentimes we forget that that training needs to happen as well. And even if we remember, we don't know how to train our soul. We don't know how to train our soul for the life and the race that God has for each of us. Each of us are running a, a race called life, right? And, and many of us, unfortunately, and many times in my life, I've run my spiritual race the way Justin ran his marathon. I'm going to show up, and I'm going to give it my best, and I'm going to try to find out what God wants me to do, and I'm just going to do it, right? And, and instead, there's such a different way. There's actually a much better way that Jesus paints for us in the scriptures who reminds us that training isn't just trying to get somewhere with God, right? but it rather is, is trying to train to do life with God. You're not just trying to you know, please God in this thing. You're not just trying to do these things to appease God. You're not just trying to make God happy with you when we train, but it's actually helping us grow to become more of the men and women that God has tried for us, desires for us to become. Spiritually, if all we did was try harder, harder, we end up scorching that soul. We end, up, we end up dried out and burnt out and cast out at times. And so when we think about this life that you and I want, right, this life that maybe even God desires for you and desires for me, we all want a full life. And so even if you aren't like a spiritual person or a church person, we all want progress. We all want to grow. And so... Unfortunately, sometimes we buy things or try to experience things to fill our life up, but sometimes those things leave us emptier than even when we started. And so is there a way to train our soul to become the people that God's desiring for us to become? And the answer is, I think there is. And so I hope you catch this tonight, is that spiritual growth is not about trying to get to God. It's not like God is at the finish line going, come on, I've been waiting four and a half hours. Come on, Right? Spiritual growth is not about trying to get to God. It's about training with God. It's about training to be with God, that God is actually with us in that process. So how do we train our soul? I think it's interesting that the Apostle Paul had a lot to say about this idea. He had a lot to say about the idea of training our soul. And so if you want to grab a Bible, it's in the seat back right in front of you, or if you're in one of the front rows, it's under your seat, but it looks just like this. And we say this every week, and, and tonight is no different, is that if you're serious about checking out God and you don't have a Bible that you own, that it's yours and you can understand it, our hope is that you would steal a Bible from church tonight. Right? It's the, it's the, it could be the best thing you do is, is steal from church. Um, so grab this, but you can open it up to page 798. 
And we're looking at a letter that Paul wrote to this little gathering of men and women that were passionate about following the ways of Jesus in the city of Corinth. And so this little church in this major city, that these, these people were, were trying to live in a way that was counter to everything that was you know, coming at them from the city's perspective. And he's encouraging them, you know, the Apostle Paul's writing to them and encouraging them to train their soul. And the analogy he uses is of a runner training for a race. Fitting, right? For tonight. So this is on page 798. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 25. It says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets a prize? At least that was true back then. I'm excited that every one of you that ran today has your medal. You deserved it. I'm not taking that away. You deserved it. Right? But at least back then, right, everyone runs, but only the winner gets the prize. So Paul's encouragement is run in such a way as one who gets the prize. Everyone who competes in the game, games goes into strict training. But they do it for a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So Paul uses the analogy that people can understand, and I don't know if it's because the Corinthian church you know, sent their athletes to the Olympics and they came back wanting. I don't know what it was that, that was causing that to be something that pops into his mind. But that's the analogy he uses, his run as, as one that's going to win the prize. Train yourself. Nobody shows up to the Olympics and is like, cool, let's do this. What sport are we playing? Basketball? Cool, got it. Uh, curling. What are the rules for that again? Uh, you know, I don't know. Like, nobody just shows up and is like, I'm ready to go, Right? They train for weeks, for months, sometimes for a lifetime to just get to that race. He says, and then run as if you are to win. And Paul says, this is something that's so important because they're running for a medal, for a prize, for an earthly crown. But we run for something so much more important, for the only thing in our life that's going to last into eternity, and that's our soul. That's that deepest part of us that so many of us, sometimes we don't even know what it is or what it's about, much less how to feed it and to train it. His encouragement for those of us, for you and for me, as well as for the Corinthian church, for those of us that want to grow spiritually, Paul's encouragement to us is that we should train our bodies in, in such a way that's so focused. We would train our souls the same way a runner trains their body or an athlete trains their body. But these things are not about, again, trying to get to God. The prize he's talking about is not getting to God. It's not a way we earn our salvation, but it's a life with God. And it's these things that we can do to become the men and women that God have, has created us to be. And so throughout the scriptures and, and Christians throughout history have discovered these things that help train our soul, that help our soul become healthy, become fit. And just like it takes our bodies time to become healthy and fit, it's going to take our soul time and effort and focus at times to, to become healthy and to become whole. And so these things are often called spiritual disciplines, right? So even that name bums us out, right? Nothing with the word discipline in it makes us go, yes, right? I remember when my wife Katie and I were student pastors before we came to move here to Chicago. Uh, it was really like a small group with seventh grade boys. And we were talking about this, and I was talking about spiritual disciplines, and I thought I was doing a great job helping them understand how this can help you grow, and this is so great. So you should read your Bible and stuff. And, he, and he, kid raises his hand. Am I in trouble? No. Why do I have to read my Bible? Because uh, it's, it's good for you. Why do you think you're in trouble? Well, if I'm not in trouble, why do I have to be disciplined, right? And so, you know, he, that, that, that was his thought process. And for many of us, I think we think a lot like that seventh grade boy, right? I know I do, right? Why do I have to do this? This isn't as fun or this isn't as enjoyable as something else I could be doing. 
But just like that training process for something physical, we have to train our soul. And so I want to walk through, again, five spiritual disciplines. And these are certainly not all of them, uh, but these are five that I think might be helpful for us tonight as we, as we look at how we can train our soul together. The first is spiritual community. That, that community is actually a discipline. Being with other believers, being with people that are going to encourage you to become the man or woman that God's dreamed for you to become, that's a discipline. And so coming to church regularly or, or getting involved in joining a small group or even tonight afterwards, go, go to next and to find out how you can take your next step. That might be a great step in training your soul is to commit to the discipline of spiritual community, right? Rather than it being a, a happenstance thing of, oh, I got nothing else to do on Sunday night. I'll go to Soul City, right? Maybe it becomes a regular part of your routine that you actually schedule other things around because you know that you need each week a place where you're going to be encouraged, where you're going to encounter God, where you're going to hear the word of God taught in a way that uplifts your soul and helps you become who God's created you to be. Spiritual community is a discipline. The next one is consistent prayer. Consistent prayer. And for me, the consistent part is the difficult part of this one, right? When I'm running a marathon or doing something crazy, I pray real easy, right? College students, you might have a test coming up. Prayer's coming real natural for you right now, right? (laughs) You get in a hard spot and we can pray, but, but what about something that's consistent, consistent in our life where we're connecting with God and asking him to, to speak to us and, and that we could hear from him, that he would direct our steps each day. So maybe a next step for you with that one, if that's one that sticks out to you, maybe start every day this week, start your day with five to 10 minutes of just asking God, inviting him in, saying, God, here's what I'm going to do today, but I, I hope you would surprise me. I hope you would interrupt my plans. I hope, I hope you would help me see things that I wouldn't see otherwise. I want to invite you into my day. I want to re- re- remind myself that this isn't just me doing my own life here, that there's something more going on. Consistent prayer. Another one is intentional Bible reading. Intentional Bible reading. That where you're paging through the scriptures looking for God to speak to you. And, and this is not intentional. Hmm. Right? We just drop it open, right? But if, if there's a plan, right? If there's something that you know that, you know, I'm going to go through this. This is going to be a consistent part of my life. This is intentional. I'm putting effort into this. This is something that, that I grew up with this as a part of my life, and it came very easy for me. I love to read. I love to study, right? And this was, this was a natural part of my life. Um, but then I got burned pretty bad at my church that I was growing up in. And some things happened that caused me to question whether I wanted to be involved in church anymore at all. And, and so I took a big hiatus from the Bible for a long time. And I could start to feel my soul kind of shriveling up a little bit. And I could start to feel my attitude towards people to get kind of sour. And I remember a friend of mine, he was kind of a mentor, but he was only a couple years older than me. He encouraged me. He goes, you know what? Just take it slow and, and start again. And I know it brings up some weird feelings for you because it was held over your head. But why don't you just start reading the, whatever day it is of the month. Read that chapter in Proverbs. And so there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, and so most months it works out really well. Right? And, and it's just this book of wisdom. And I, I remember I started my day for that month reading whatever day it was. I would read that chapter in Proverbs and let that wisdom from God's word just speak into my life. And you know what? My soul began to open up again. And so intentional Bible reading where you have a plan, where you can be a part of a conversation with God. And you know what? You can hear from God. You can hear from God through his word on a regular basis. Sometimes that'll feel like a discipline, but it will grow your soul. The next one is fasting. 
Fasting is a discipline that people have done, Christians have done for thousands and thousands of years. And, and it's not unique to the Christian tradition, but it's super powerful as we connect with God. And when people think of fasting, they, don't, they usually just think of food, right? Oh, I don't want to eat anymore, right? So I'm going to fast. And there's, you know, physical benefits as well as perhaps spiritual benefits. But fasting doesn't have to be just food. I remember a couple months ago, I took a fast from Facebook. It's one of the best things I ever did, right? We fast from things that we find comfort in rather than God. We fast from things that are our escape rather than bringing our hurts or our, our brokenness to God. And instead, we ask God to speak to us and to be near us in those moments. Fasting is a powerful spiritual discipline. And another one, the last one we'll talk about tonight is solitude. And to be honest with you, this is the hardest one for me. I don't know if it's a personality thing or I'm an extrovert or whatever it is, but I hate being alone by myself, right? I don't like quiet all that much. Um, and so solitude is a really challenging discipline for me to do, especially on a regular basis. And yet when I do it, when I, when I sometimes have to force myself to discipline myself to go and have a time of solitude, even if it's just like a 30 minutes, I always feel refreshed after. And even after feeling refreshed and feeling connected to God and feeling like, man, that was so good. I'm so glad I did that. It's still hard the next time. It's still hard to go be by myself again the next time. I don't know if it's because I'm afraid of missing out on whatever else everyone else is doing in that time. I don't know if it's because I'm afraid of what God might say to me in those moments. I don't know if it's I'm afraid of, you know, just hearing nothing and then I feel like I wasted my time. Solitude is a difficult one, but those times can be powerful. And so my challenge for you is if, if you're like me and solitude is tough, that one, you might have to lean into that one a little bit and, and just book a time and block it out and put it in your iCal or put it in your phone and, and say, I'm busy and take a walk, put your phone away, go be by the lake while we still can, right? <laughs> what, whatever it is that helps you connect with God and to be alone. And you'd be surprised what you might hear. You'd be surprised what God might do in your life as you put these disciplines to work. And again, as I'm talking, some of those I listed, they might come naturally to you. You're like, yeah, I love spiritual community. That's why I'm here. It's awesome. Keep that going. Keep that going. Don't let it slip. Build up those small wins. Like I said, I had to run to the end of the block and back, and then I celebrated, right? So the same is true with our soul. Build up those small spiritual wins so that you can then take a risk on one of those ones that maybe made you a little nervous when I said it. And I, my challenge for you is lean into that. That's my challenge for myself. You know, it's funny how, you know, whenever we teach here, you know, we always say, like, I've had a lot of practice on this this week. This has been difficult because I know, man, I'm, I'm due for a time of solitude with God. And now I've got to talk about it, right? I'm due. And so make, make up those little wins in your life and then take a reach, Take a stretch and go for one of those that maybe made you a little nervous, whether it's solitude or fasting or prayer. Right? Whatever it is for you, my encouragement is that you would lean into that. Because just like our bodies, it takes time, prolonged effort. It's not easy at first, right? So don't be discouraged as when you do these spiritual disciplines. Don't be discouraged if that's tough at first as well. Keep at it. And, and I guarantee you that God will meet you in those moments. Because again, spiritual growth, it's not about getting to where God is. 
It's not getting somewhere. God's over there and I gotta get there. So I gotta do all these things to get to where God is. That's not what it is at all. It's an invitation that God gives us to train with him. So when, you, when you're struggling to have time of prayer, God's not going, oh man, I, I knew you couldn't do it. He's keep trying, keep coming. I'm right here. When you, when you open the Bible and, and at first it might not make a lot of sense and it might be difficult to process and, and you don't know how to apply it directly to your life, God's there speaking, trying to get to you. When you're afraid to give up that thing that you know kind of has a hold of your heart, whether it's comfort or whether it's security, whether it's finances, whatever it is, and you you fast, God uses that. God connects to you in that moment. So these disciplines can be challenging. And and just like my friend Justin, he's trying really hard to finish the marathon, and and he made it. The reality is is that you and I spiritually, we, we can get through our life and not, and not train and, and not do these disciplines and not do these kind of healthy habits that, that God talks about throughout the word, right? We, we, can, we can not do these things and we might still make it. We might get to the end of our life and go, I'm not enjoying this. I'm limping along. I feel stuck. And so my hope for you and, and for me is that this week we can all begin to train to find that one thing that may stood out to you, whether it's spiritual community, consistent prayer, intentional Bible reading, fasting, or solitude. Find that one thing that is gonna enable you to connect to God in the unique way that he's uniquely created you. And when we do that, our soul grows. Our soul gets healthy when we put those focused effort points into that thing that is so sometimes hard to understand. We all wanna grow. We all want progress. So let's just stop trying harder to grow and start training our souls because it's what we all want. While it may not be easy and it may take time, the most important thing that we do is start. And that's something that we all can do this week. So that's my hope for you and for me. And so as we continue to worship tonight, as we continue to sing and to give God our praise, we're gonna do something that we do every time that we gather and that's receive our offering. And this is one of those things. This is one of those moments where we have an opportunity to begin training. And I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, one of the first things I did when I started running the marathon is I bought really good shoes, right? Not because I knew my feet would be calloused and gross if I didn't, although that is true, right? But because I knew that, at least for me, where my money goes, my heart follows. And so if I invest in this thing, this marathon training, I'm probably going to complete it. The Bible also says that that's true, but I just know it's true for my own life, that where my money goes, my heart follows. And so when when we give to God, it grows us. It grows the work he can do in our city. It grows the work he can do in our church. But honestly, more importantly than any of that, is that it grows our hearts. He, he takes this little thing in our life that sometimes can have so much control over us and he says, will you trust me with it? Will you trust me with your finances and trust me to provide for you? Trust me to bless you. And when we release control of that and we trust God, our souls come alive in ways we could never imagine. So if you came prepared to give, I hope you'll give generously and joyfully 
knowing that this isn't just a thing churches do, but this is a way for you to grow. And so let's pray together, and then we'll continue to give and to sing and continue to worship our God. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you aren't expecting us to just get to where you are. But Jesus, instead, you came to us. You, you came down to be one of us. You experienced loss and pain and joy and friendship and community. And you modeled for us what it looks like to, to connect with your heavenly Father. And so, God, as we, as we learn how to train tonight, God, you are the model, Jesus. And so we just pause and say thank you. Thank you that you didn't leave us to figure it out on our own. And God, I know that there may be people in the room tonight that don't know what they believe about you and, and don't know what they think about who you are and what you can do for them and what you have done for them. God, I pray that even just hearing that, that you aren't waiting for us to get to you, that that would intrigue us to take one more step closer to you. And God, when we try and struggle and when life gets hard and we go back to trying instead of training and we fall and we find out how weak we are, God, thank you that you're strong. Thank you that you're strong in us, that you don't judge us or keep us at a distance, but you invite us back. So God, as we give to you and we sing to you, we know that we're singing to a God that is so eager to connect with us. And you've given us the roadmap to do that. So help us to train well. Help us to fuel our souls to become the men and women that you've created us to be. And God, thank you that we never do it alone, that you're with us the whole way. So it's in your name we pray. Amen.